Hey there, it's Michelle Pilpich. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, Simply Intuitive. On the show, we are talking about all things intuitive eating, active living, and breaking down what's true versus what's a myth in the wellness world so that you can focus on simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the health information floating around and you just want to know what to do to feel your best, you're in the right place. Not only are specific tips coming your way, but you can also count on conversations that will challenge your perspective on what health really means. So I hope you'll stick around for many episodes to come. But for now, let's get into today's show. Hey guys, today I am chatting with Roy Belzer. I'm beyond excited for this conversation. I wanted to talk to Roy ever since I found his TikTok, which you've probably found because it has, I think, 100,000 followers, probably more by now. Um, Roy is a body positive personal trainer. And if you know me, you know that I love bringing fitness into the intuitive eating and recovery space. So, We just had to talk. Roy, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, and I'm so glad that you found me. Um, Yeah. mutual. (laughs) Very mutual. Um, Before we really dig into the fitness topic and everything that we have to talk about, can you just share more about who you are and what you do for anyone who doesn't know you? Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Roy. I am a, like you said, body positive fitness trainer. Um, I have a focus in pre and post physical therapy rehabilitation. I um, focus a lot with my clients on healthy mindset surrounding the fitness arena and how to love the body you're in and show it love in different ways in fitness um, without focusing on aesthetic goals. Yeah, I really need an applause sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love that. That is like everything I stand for. And we're going to get into so much. This is exciting. Um, Can you first talk to me about how you got into the fitness world? Yeah, so it all kind of stemmed from my own journey with fitness, as many other trainers, you know, Mm -hmm. so... I, I got into fitness because I personally suffered with a heavy history with um, eating disorders. And um, when, when I was younger, I went through a uh, major weight loss uh, myself. And the weight loss kind of spiraled into my own eating disorders. I went through a stint with anorexia and for the better part of my sophomore year of college, bulimia. And, um, to the point where I eventually ended up hospitalized for my eating disorders because I lost so much weight that I wasn't able to stand up on my own. And so I took, uh, the time I, I ended up hospitalized as a turning point in my life. And I knew that I had to make a change for myself and, and, eventually I got to the point where I was healthy enough with, um, with what I was consuming that I wanted to help others make a change in their lives as well and give them an opportunity to see fitness as something outside of just an aesthetic goal. Because sometimes when you get into that mindset of, Oh, I have to 
lose just five more pounds, just two more pounds, just three more pounds. It just, it tends to spiral. And with the way that we see our own bodies, you know, we, we don't always see the weight coming off the same way the outside world does the way that it's actually coming off. Mm-hmm. So helping people create non-aesthetic goals is something that really became a passion of mine and, and pushed my fitness career to where I'm able to help people now. So, And you are helping so many of them, even <laughs> with the, not just, but I mean, especially with your social media presence. And it's so amazing to see someone really break into fitness in such a positive way post recovery, because you know, the real reason that I started talking more about fitness and exercise is because I was working in the eating disorder space as a dietitian. I started my mm-hmm. career in residential treatment centers and found that fitness wasn't a big part of it, which like rightfully so many clients at that point cannot really talk about their fitness journey yet. But I also have had clients who feel like they're never going to get back to the place of playing a sport or running a race or doing whatever they really enjoy. And fitness has always been a part of my life, playing sports and running races. And I felt like, okay, well, I can't talk about it on social media because if I'm talking about eating disorder recovery, like I don't want to be triggering. And so seeing people like you who promote it in a sustainable, healthy way and like the way that we should be thinking about fitness is amazing. And I just want to like clone you into a million people so that we have that. <laughs> that is so incredibly sweet of you. No, I, it's, it's so important to, to like in, uh, in case that as such a positive thing outside of, uh, your recovery, because I know yeah. like personally, I, I started all my stuff with just a run and then mm-hmm. I kept running and running and running. And mm-hmm. I, I got to the point where it was, well, pushing orthorexia, honestly, because that's a thing when you're like post-recovery from your ED stuff where you can fall into that other side and finding the balance in in all of it where like you're finally intuitive eating and being in a good place with your nutrition intake and you want to start integrating fitness into it, finding a way to integrate fitness into it without thinking it's just calories in, calories out. And yeah. oh my god, tell my me about it. It's favorite phrase. <laughs> seriously, seriously. I so when you're when you're at that point already, like trying to not think of fitness as just a way to continue to combat what you're consuming. Right. It's so important to find a sustainable way to approach fitness that's not going to focus on your aesthetic goal. Yeah, there's very much a like food obsessed to gym obsessed pipeline. And a lot of like pseudo recovery influencers who then just like still show videos of themselves body checking their six pack. And I'm like, this is not recovery. (laughs) I, it's not. And I, I mean, I even catch myself sometimes um, posting uh, a couple of photos of my old self compared Mm -hmm. to where I am at now, just to showcase how recovery can affect people in different ways. And there are a lot of times where I I look at that and I'm a little bit nervous about posting Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I always have to tag on a trigger warning because, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it can be triggering. Right. But for a lot of people seeing someone 
find a, a place in recovery where they can actually be happy and mobile and um, sustainable in their fitness is really important. So, but you'll, you'll never catch me like posting six pack like photos. My, my, my uh, body fat percentage, it ebbs and flows. And like, I'm, I'm yeah. just now starting to train for my next marathon. So knowing my body and how it reacts to different things, I'm yeah. going to be dropping uh, a lot of body fat. So I will likely get back to a, a place where I'm no longer considered a plus size personal trainer, which mm-hmm. is fine because I, my body will be my body at all sizes and it's going to continue right. to serve me. Right. Um, but I'm not going to do the like douchey gym bro selfie thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you emphasize the fact that it does change. It ebbs and flows for all of us in those different seasons. And that's so mm-hmm. normal. Um, and I have to know which marathon. Oh, I'm doing the Philly marathon uh, in awesome. November. I think it's November 19th. Um, and this is going to be a short training period for me, but it's my second, it's my second full marathon. The first full marathon I did, I trained for in eight weeks. I do not suggest that. Wow. Yeah. But (laughs) it was, it was wild. I was already doing some running things, but not to the extent I needed to be to do it in eight weeks. But unlike people who have a typical nine to five, I spend my entire day doing recovery work outside yeah. of, you know, my runs. Yeah. So it was, it was a little, and I was a lot younger then. So it was, <laughs> <I'd>... <laughs> that's exciting. I am also, um, that chair is going to be loud. I'm also running my second marathon this year. I'm Ooh, doing which one? New York. So just a couple okay. weeks before Philly. Yes. So that's awesome. Kind of schedule. And my first one, I also remember signing up in like August, I think of that year and looking at the training plans. And I was like, Oh, these plans are all 16 weeks and I only have 12 or whatever it was at that point. <laughs> so we were in the same boat, but survived. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's always so fascinating seeing like how other people like train for marathons and stuff because right. I, um, I mean, we don't work in typical workspaces where we're right. sitting like eight hours a day. So our recovery period is a little bit shorter than like a, yeah. a typical nine to five person. Yeah. And are you New York based? I am. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I, I wasn't sure. Everything's virtual these days. So. I know. Right. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, cool. Well, good luck in your training. Good luck to us both. You as well. <laughs> so talking about this positivity that you have with fitness and with your body, I want to talk about that phrase, body positivity, because it can be kind of a loaded one. It's Mm -hmm. one that I actually don't use that much. I tend to lean more towards body neutrality as something I talk about with clients. And I've heard from a lot of my clients, um, especially those in larger bodies, they'll say to me like, body positivity is great. It's fine for other people. But I don't want that. I can't be the face of body positivity. Like, I can't see myself loving my body that much. Like, yeah, props to you, whoever does that. But uh, I don't know, not for me. So I'm curious if you ever felt that way and what your journey to really embracing body positivity was like. So for me, body positivity uh, versus body neutrality mm-hmm. it's been one that I have debated a lot over the years, but. At the end of it, it was more me forcing myself to love my body because I spent so many years not 
loving my body and utilizing verbiage around self-love was something that was really useful for me in my personal recovery. And I continue to use that. And that's not to say that that body positivity is for everyone because it's not for everyone. And that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Having a body neutral stance on where you're at and, and what you're for is absolutely fine saying like this is my body and that's okay and that's where it's at and acknowledging that in like a body neutral space i'm so here for that i'm very very supportive of that Mm -hmm. for me personally i had to find different ways to love my body and entering a body positive space was that for me and that's what i needed at that point in my recovery and it's continued to be something that's really helped my mental health surrounding my body and the way I see myself because after years of recovery I still am you know uh body dysmorphic and don't see myself the same way outside uh outside of myself would so it's mm-hmm. it's something that's really important to me is to continue that that self-love verbiage right and so especially struggling with body dysmorphia having those bad body image days how do you maintain it? Are there regular parts of your daily routine or practices that really help you stay in that positive state most of the time? So for me, and this is something that a lot of people have been asking me about lately is um, like my content online, like Mm -hmm. posting my content online. And this will always be a thing for me. When I post content online, I don't post it for other people I always post it for myself first because the words that I post online of body reassurance and and your body is beautiful today I post that because those are the words that I need to hear that aren't words that I'm I'm seeing elsewhere Mm -hmm. so I'm being the voice that I need for myself so when I watch my videos back I'm watching it for me because that's what I need in that moment. And if the videos resonate with other people, that's great. If it's a video that gets like 200 views and it's just me who likes it, that's what I needed that day. And that's okay. I love that. And I think anyone who's posting content to help others, like we're all kind of doing that. I post a lot of reassurance about running and like your pace is your pace, even if it's slower than everybody else. And that's 100% what I need to hear because I get self-conscious and compare. And so, yeah, I, I love that you said that. And I think everyone who's looking at these accounts, yours, mine, anyone else's will hopefully benefit from hearing that. Like, oh, we're all just trying to get through. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. We Everyone struggles. Everyone's just a person at the end of it. You know, whether or not you look up to them, they have their own stuff that they're going through. So sometimes acknowledging that and acknowledging that the people that you look look up to are just people as well is Mm -hmm. really reassuring, Mm -hmm. like in your own journey. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So I want to talk about um, some goals that people typically set in their fitness journey. They usually are aesthetic. We are very much not about the aesthetic goals. Um, A lot of people do have those goals. And weight loss is a big one, but there's also kind of a trend against weight loss. I think people are catching on that like 
weight loss isn't cool and it's this like strong is the new skinny and lots of clients will tell me, oh, I don't care about the scale. I don't care about my weight. I don't want to lose weight, but I just want to look fit in quotes. I want to look strong in quotes again. And that is not a thing. So can you talk to us about that kind of goal and what you would say to people who are telling themselves, okay, well, I just need other people to look at me and think he's strong. She's strong. She's fit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a thing that comes up with every new client and whether they already have like a weight loss goal as their thing. And I I try to get away from the verbiage like weight loss as like a thing instead of Mm -hmm. fat loss because weight, Mm -hmm. it varies depending on like how much muscle you have versus fat. But if depending on whether or not they already have a fat loss goal, like when people come in and say, I just want to look toned. I want to tone up for this. That drives mm-hmm. me bonkers Yep. because I, it, it, it's not a thing. It's, it's not a thing like looking toned short. You can have visible musculature. That is what they're going for typically, mm-hmm. but, and you're going to have to lower your body fat percentage and you're going to have to um, gain muscle all at the same time. And, and the thing is everyone's got a different body type. So what one client's coming in with saying, oh, I want to look like Jessica Alba. Am I too old? Is Jessica (laughs) Alba like an outdated (laughs) reference? Um, I know her. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Like I'll have people come in and say like, I want to look like Jessica Alba or I want to look like Ryan Reynolds or I want to look like, you know, uh, this, that or the other person. But every person they're naming has a completely different body type. The people coming in with those kind of aesthetic goals don't actually know what they're looking for. They're looking for a low body fat percentage and a high visible musculature. And it's, I don't know, I, I feel like so much of what they have in mind is like a societal standard that's been pushed out. And fortunately, through the the recent body positive movements that are are going through those societal standards are changing so i'm seeing less people come to me with those kind of goals in mind and more people who are looking for like functional movement goals or i want to lower my pain level i feel like i went on a whole tangent there like (laughs) i love it though i am here for it yes and so (laughs) that is another big thing well i do want to point out like there's a lot of this focus on appearance and Yeah, it's not a thing because it doesn't tell you what someone can do or like what Mm -hmm. their experience is. You know, like there are plenty of people who don't have visible muscle who can do more burpees than you or can do like lift more weight. Like you just don't know. And there, I think it's such a problem in the medical field as well. You know, myself being a thin person, I've had doctors look at me and say, oh, you're healthy. And I'm like, what? Like you didn't ask me a single thing. And like, Mm -hmm. there is plenty that I can't, I can't do a full push up. Like there are these goals that I have for myself to gain strength because I don't have it. Whereas someone who maybe looks a lot different for me is in a bigger body or a different body type entirely can do. Oh my gosh, you can do a million things on a BOSU ball that I can't do. <laughs> <they're> hard. <laughs> I, that is one of my favorite flexes when I, whenever I, 
whenever I have some kind of hate comment online, I'm just like, yes. whatever. I'm I'm gonna go and do, you know, single leg hinges on a Bosu ball upside down right. and just like <laughs> not deal with this at all. Yeah. And I'm gonna and do it with a smile on my face. Do that. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I you're not worth my time, but I'm gonna use your hateful comment to drive the algorithm. To get the people <laughs> who can actually utilize my content in front of me. It's incredible. So, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely to that point, like I'm I'm currently in a bigger body, but I am consistently online showing that someone who is in my current body um, can do all of these ridiculous fitness things like train for a marathon do a full split on a BOSU ball, this, that, and the other. Like it's, it's like, it's being representation in like a larger body, being able to do Mm -hmm. uh, things that are not assumed that I could do. So yeah. And we need it. So can we talk about what you mentioned? um, This goal of decreasing pain, because that's Mm -hmm. also something that in many people's minds is very tied into weight loss. And they'll say, oh, it hurts when I do X, Y, Z because of the pressure from the weight. It's putting pressure on my body, blah, 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 all of these things. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to have less pain if I lose weight. So talk to us about pain management through movement. Absolutely. And so often people are in pain, not because of the amount of of body fat on their body, they're in pain because they lack the strength to um, move through space appropriately. And you can have pain points like that no matter what you weigh. Like when I when I was at my very thinnest, I was like 160 pounds and I'm over six foot tall. And I was in pain constantly because I didn't have I didn't have the strength in my body to move through space the way my body deserved to move through space. Whereas now I'm, I don't know what my weight is now because ED recovery, but I'm in a larger body. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in a larger body currently, but I'm pain free because I worked on training myself to have strength around my joints to support my body, regardless of how big I am currently. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's, that's such a weird deterrent that people have in their mind saying like, because I'm a larger person, I'm just meant to be in pain. Like, absolutely not. Like nobody deserves to be in pain. And regardless of your size, you can get to a point where you are either pain-free or have like a much lower level of pain than you currently have. Just Mm -hmm. working on different strength points, different mobility drills, different Things, I mean, everybody's body is different and so what you've gone through is going to be different than anyone else, but like working on strength rather than focusing on fat loss is going to be so much better for you when you're working on not having pain. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right, it is. And it's it's really that focus that then gets you the outcome because when somebody is focusing on okay, I need to change the number on the scale. That's when the crash diets, the disordered eating, the eating disorder happens. Mm-hmm. And you might change the number on the scale and like you were mentioning, be at your lowest weight and be in pain. Whereas when you focus on the strength, 
your body's going to find its natural set point anyway. And so if you're yep. meant to have changes in your body composition, that will happen without you having to think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, your body, your body knows where it wants to be, where it's mm-hmm. at its healthiest. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't always have to focus on, you know, fat loss, strength, you know, you'll, your body will find where it's, where it's meant to be. So yes, it it's will. building your mindset around being okay with that. That's, that's yeah. a much harder thing to work on. <laughs> it is. Our bodies know what to do. We have to work on our minds. So yes. Can you give us some other examples? Pain management is a great one. Um, some other examples of non-weight loss, fat loss, non-scale related goal, non-aesthetic goals um, and what you yeah. help people work on. What are some ideas of what people can focus on if they're wanting to change their mindset about fitness? Oh, 100%. I, I just went through a whole series of posting about this online um, mm-hmm. because people have been struggling with coming up with you know, non-aesthetic goals, non, non-weight loss goals. So, um, I'll, I'll go through a couple that like my personal clients have, have been working Great. through. I have one woman who I've been working with for a couple of years now, who was essentially bedridden at the beginning of us working together. Wow. And her number one goal was to be able to stand long enough to walk through the grocery store for a whole hour. And mm-hmm. I love that goal. Another goal is to be able to touch her toes and from standing was here for it. Um, I have other clients who they, they have uh, goals. Like I want to be able to do a single pull up at some point in my life. Like I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to um, stay on my knees long enough that I can garden. I want to be able to run an entire mile without stopping. There's so many goals that you can set that don't have to be like aesthetic, you know? I mean, we we both have a goal to run this marathon. Yep. And <laughs> we're both fairly fit people. So yeah. it's and everyone's goals are going to be different and setting expectations for goals around the body that you're currently in versus like where you want to get to is so important as well. Setting realistic goals for yourself mm-hmm. and getting out of the mindset of, okay, I'm starting from zero. I want to hit a triathlon, you know? Right. Yeah. Setting, setting, uh, small milestones to get to, to, uh, big places like that. Exactly. <laughs> Each one of those small milestones can be a goal. So. Right. So how would you like, let's say somebody comes to you and they're like, I want to run a marathon. I'm not a runner at all or whatever a goal is. If you have an example from recently, um, it is tough. And that kind of sets people up for feeling defeated. And I am all about those small wins. So can you give an example of a client you worked with or made up of like how you break things down and how you would encourage someone to set themselves up for success so that if they're new to a fitness journey entirely, they can continue to feel motivated? Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, we'll, we'll take marathon running, like specifically, like if someone came to me and said, I want to run a marathon. Um, and we'll just say they don't know what marathon we've got to set like an amount of weeks that we want to get there in. And then we've got to break down those weeks into how many miles we have to get to a marathon's 26.2 miles. So obviously we have to work on a distance goal, right? We're going to start small. We'll see if they can run a single mile without taking a break. We're like, 
flat out, we're going to figure out our starting point. From there, we've got to see um, how fast we can do it in. We're going to do time trials. We're going to set different goals around, okay, you can run the single mile now. We want to see if you can run that mile in, you know, X amount of minutes, you know, for everyone, it's going to be different. If you're like looking to just finish the thing, like 10 to 12 minutes, great. Love it. If you're looking to get into Boston, you got to do sub eight minutes. Um, I was still small tangent. My first marathon, I had a goal to run it in four hours and I ran it in four hours and 17 minutes. I'm still very sad about it, but I'm very proud (laughs) of myself for getting that. Yeah. I was very proud of myself for getting that, but I was like this close. Yeah. That's incredible. But yeah, so you you break it into like little things like that. Obviously with with marathon training, maybe not a lot of people know this, but you have to do cross training as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got to, you know, do things like what I'm doing on the BOSU ball, which is a yeah. lot of stability training to make sure that while I'm running through the streets of Philadelphia, like I'm not going to trip over one of the janky sidewalks. You know, right. I'm... <laughs> So you, you do stuff like stability training and then, and balance work. And then I want to have a lot of, um, a lot of movement through in range of motion so that my stride is nice and long. So you do flexibility training and you set to set milestones with all of that as well. Mm -hmm. Like how long can I stand on the BOSU ball or how long can, um, or how, how far from the floor am I in my, um, in my full split, which Mm -hmm. is something I'm working on. So you start to look at each little piece and you set individual goals for each little piece. So, and there's a lot of things that you can start to break it into. And when you've got a client who is a little bit newer, just getting into running and doing stuff like this, you give them like a thousand little goals that they can start to accomplish so that the big goal doesn't look so daunting. So they can start to check it off. Yeah. And then when you have all those little things, you have all of these things that you can pay attention to. And when you're focused on that, you're not thinking about the like, quote unquote, need for a six pack anymore. (laughs) Exactly. To change your focus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you don't have time to focus on an aesthetic goal. (laughs) You've got a thousand other things you're working towards. Yeah. I love that example. Here's a tangent question of mine. Do you have any background in like dance or gymnastics or cheer or like, can anyone do a split? (laughs) Because really, I want to be able to do a split and I don't (laughs) know if I can get there. Okay. So anyone can do a split. I I fully believe that. Um, But yes, I have a background in like dance. Um, So I used to, for about a decade, I was a professional singer and did musical theater and opera. Oh, amazing. And- yeah. And I was a dancer. I was in a nationally ranked competitive show choir through high school and then got into um, professional musical theater and dance stuff. Um, weirdly, though, I never took a dance class until I was in college. Wow. I just like was naturally talented in that. And I was very fortunate with that. Um, so I often got cast as um I couldn't get cast as a dancer because I didn't have the background for it. So I always negotiated my contracts in musical theater to say professional mover. So <laughs> that's incredible. it was ridiculous. 
it was outrageous and ridiculous, but it was a thing. So I I can put on my resume professional mover. A professional mover. <laughs> that is so no. funny. Do people ever think that's like you work for a moving company or something? Are they like, oh, help oh me pack no, no. Up my house? <laughs> no. The, well, the second they talk to me, they're like, oh, you're you're a bit extra. Professional mover was definitely on stage. <laughs> that is too funny. Cool. I love, yeah, I always like think that I had a potential with dance, but I never really took dance. Um, but I'm a big believer. It's never too late. So a friend of mine yeah, does absolutely. like hip hop classes. I'm like, take me with you. I'm going to do this. <laughs> um, I'll be in New York in a week and a half. So we might have to hip hop dance class. We got to go. <laughs> I love done that. Done and done. <laughs> love it. Um, so getting myself back on track, you mentioned <laughs> earlier the comments that can be negative, the haters online. There are lots of haters online, unfortunately. And, you know, I'll hear from clients talking about like their history with an eating disorder, history with weight cycling. And they'll mention like, you know, I did get treated better when I was in a smaller body. And it is so unfortunately true that like that's common. And I wish I could revamp our whole society with a snap of my fingers. Unfortunately, I can't. So what would you say to people about dealing with haters? Because, I mean, like you said, you have the best clapbacks to the haters. Like, (laughs) I just love those posts with the mean comments tagged. I'm like, yes, bring it on. Um, (laughs) But if someone's like, all right, I don't have the skill on the Bosu ball to, to give back to them. How do you encourage people? What do you recommend for dealing with negative comments about weight, about body size? So seriously, like I, and this is something that I had to come to terms with as someone who was not online previously before this last year. Mm-hmm. And then once I got online, it they started really coming. And with my history of ED, like I had, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of moments where I was like, Oh my God, this is gonna like turn me back and it's not going to be a cute look. But then I I realized like, I don't know these people. I don't owe them anything. Like I don't owe them my time. I don't owe them, you know, my thought process, like they, they don't deserve anything from me. They're just over there, you know, dealing with their own stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, it's just, it's not worth my time and energy to worry about what someone else cares about my body. No. Cause at the end of the day, like I know my body and I know that my body is serving me in every way that it needs to be. And they just, don't deserve any bit of my energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I say that and then I respond to the hate comments. But like I said, I use those hate <laughs> comments online to like fuel my, um, <laughs> fuel my following. Yeah. Right. Right. So, it's so true. Like those words never come from the people who truly love you and who truly care about you. Right. Like it always says more about them than it does about you. Absolutely. Yeah. It 100% like their opinion of me, it doesn't matter and doesn't deserve the, my time. So yeah, and it doesn't like, deserve theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And when people are saying those things online, 
they don't want to change their mind. Like you can educate as much as humanly possible and they're not going to change their opinion. So like you said, oh. it's just not worth your time. They're just screaming into the void at that point too. And they're going through their own stuff and using you as some kind of weird target to, to get through it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And it is weird. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that out. Cause it's like, why do you need to be mean to a stranger? <laughs> I, I think the weirdest thing is when I get one of those hate comments and I go to look at the person and they're following me. I'm like, <laughs> are you are you just right. following me to be angry? Like, what right. what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, no kink shaming, but like, man. Yeah. <laughs> it does not make sense. Oh my no. gosh, that's funny and concerning. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I see they follow me, I just block. It's done. Love it. Here for it. We have talked a lot about the positives of fitness. There are so many, and I love to talk about it as like a mood booster, a, you know, a positive thing for your mental health. And I always tell people it cannot be the only thing you're doing for your mood, for your mental health. Cause like you mentioned earlier, it can slip into orthorexia. It can slip into overexercise. It can be a slippery slope to becoming disordered. So I would love to hear from you. What are your like non-fitness, mood-boosting, mental health-promoting, self-care things? Yeah, absolutely. So things I do outside of fitness that really like help my mood. I am an avid reader, so I'm very, very big into love that. It. What are you I'm reading currently, right now? I'm reading um, two different books. Um one, I'm reading through the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. I'm cool. a huge nerd, so I'm like Love here it. for it. <laughs> um, and then the second book I'm reading, I, I'm looking at it right now. It's called The First to Die at the End. And it's <laughs> not... <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a like prequel to a book I just finished called They Both Die at the End. And... <laughs> If you want to cry, they're great books. Um, <laughs> I'm like, this is mental health boosting we're talking about. <laughs> oh, no, we're I'm made of trauma, so crying is cathartic. It's great. Trauma is um, uh, or cry, trauma is beneficial, no. Crying is beneficial at times. That's what I meant yeah. to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes I have to put these books down so I can't, like, like do it always. But once in a while, yeah. like, a good yeah. cry is great. It is. Um, long walks, I'm very, very here for. Mm-hmm. Um, on the like, uh, nerdy side of that, I have an app that, uh, that I use called fantasy hike, where I don't know if you're nerdy at all, but, um, so it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings themed hiking app or walking app. And I use it, uh, runs in the background and you are the hobbits going from the Shire to Mordor. So your goal is to walk 1,777 miles. Whoa. Okay. I've actually never seen Lord of the Rings, um, but this still sounds fascinating. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's a great little like fantasy app. So any of your like clients or, or patients who are looking for some kind of nerdy way to like track their walking, it's a great one. I am somewhere in the like 500 miles in the last couple of months of having it. I travel full time. So I'm always walking through cities. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, taking dance classes is another really great one. And honestly, going out to eat to new restaurants and exploring new foods that I've never consumed. 
So, so fun. What's the best thing you've eaten recently? Oh my gosh. Um, best thing I've eaten recently. Oh, there's a there's a bakery here in Philadelphia called Isgros, and it's like a classic Italian bakery, and their cannolis are ridiculous. Oh, they're just cannolis. outrageous. Right. I oh, they're so good. Absolutely yeah. delicious. Yeah, um, the grocery store in my hometown had a really good bakery, and they would make cakes. So we would order cakes from there for like birthday parties, graduation parties, whatever. And they, one of the options you would choose, like your filling and your icing and your cake flavor. And one of the filling options was cannoli cream, and it was like, oh my god, the best cake ever. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even imagine. I, so ugh, I spent three years dating an Italian, so the amount of cannolis I consumed. Is so out of this world, but I never thought to put it in a cake. Oh my gosh! Well, now you have the idea. <laughs> Time I to do. make a cake, yes. or go to Shoprite in Ramsey, New Jersey, <laughs> if they still even it's do it. I don't know. Not far. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my gosh! Amazing. So, Roy, we covered a lot. Is there anything we missed? Any other tips you'd have for people who are maybe feeling a bit discouraged in their fitness journey? Um, I, I think the number one tip for people trying to get into a fitness journey is find something that's movement that you enjoy. Just find something that you enjoy in movement, whether it be walking or taking a dance class or, or you're enjoying like a new sport or you want to do something that's like playing with your dog or I guess kids, people have those. And so <laughs> some people do. But some people, yeah. Um, but yeah, so find something that you enjoy and go out and enjoy it. It doesn't have to be a strict regimented, I'm gonna be doing, you know, lifting five days a week, two days upper body, one day light, you know, it doesn't have to be that. It, just do something you enjoy and continue to do it. So do something you enjoy and continue to do it. There is the sound bite. Love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Roy. This has been such a great conversation, tons of motivation for people. And if everyone, as I'm sure they are, is walking away inspired and just wanting more of you, where can they find you? How can they follow you? How can they work with you? Share everything. Awesome. Um, so I am on all of the social medias. Uh, at at Roy Belzer Fitness. Um, so TikTok, uh, Instagram, etc. Not Twitter though. We don't or whatever the new name is. Um, uh, Facebook, I guess. Um, I have a Facebook group that is a wonderful body positive space. Um, called All Bodies Are Crop Top Bodies, and yes. it's just a group of wonderful people who build each other up and post sweaty selfies and talk about when they have rough days and just they're all there for them for each other um and then i run a like monthly membership as well um during the pandemic i filmed over 300 workouts and i built them into a membership where you can go in and do some movement with me so incredible yeah. incredible so i will have all of those resources linked in the show notes so everyone can find you i'll have you tagged everywhere um so that everyone can be inspired follow along and enjoy their movement thank you so awesome. much roy well thank you so much for having me this has been wonderful it's been a pleasure and there you have it that is our show for today 
I hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. If you did, I would love to hear what's resonating for you. Send me a DM on Instagram or share the episode to your stories and tag me so that I can see that you're listening and hopefully loving it. You can also share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and spread some intuitive eating love to everyone around you. As always, five-star ratings and reviews are so appreciated, so you can drop me one of those. Be sure to also check out the show notes for all the links that I mentioned and more information on myself and my nutrition private practice. Other than all that, I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode.